0: One of the more baffling and recurring themes in ancient mythology is the idea that famous cities were founded on fratricide. For example, in the Bible, it is Cain who is the founder of the very first city. And in the pagan world, the most famous example is that of Rome. Rome is named after Romulus, its traditional founder and the murderer of of his twin brother, Remus. This mythology is perhaps less puzzling when we recall that the word politics is rooted in the Greek word for uh, polis or city. Most of us, I think, are aware at some level that politics seems to require violence or the threat of violence, and the defund the police movement uh, will simply displace violence rather than eliminate it. Rome went on to have a storied history, one in which violence was typically front and center. When God became man, he also became a victim of Rome's savagery, as did today's martyrs, Peter and Paul. Peter and Paul form an interesting contrast with Romulus and Remus. But we shouldn't be too quick to place these two pairs on opposite sides of the problem of violence. After all, both Peter and Paul show themselves quite capable of righteous brutality. Peter, according to tradition, drew the sword against the high priest's slave. And Paul was attendant at the murder of St. Stephen. He bore letters of arrest against the Christians in Damascus. Furthermore, Peter acquiesced, as did the other disciples, with Rome's violence inasmuch as they allowed Jesus to be dragged away without raising their voices in protest against this manifest injustice. Before the resurrection, Peter acted unthinkingly but tellingly as if the capacity for violence gave the city of Rome real authority. What changed them both, what makes them different from Romulus and Remus, was the encounter with The mysterious and fathomless mercy of Jesus Christ, the founder of the city of God, the heavenly city. What these apostles discovered is that there is actually no place for a kind of purified violence in the service of God, that what they believed to be their righteousness, their willingness to fight other human beings for the sake of God, was in fact an unwitting participation In the same machinery that leads inexorably to the death of Jesus Christ. This is quite explicit in the life of St. Paul, whom Jesus confronted directly with the question Why are you persecuting me? But this encounter with God's mercy in Jesus Christ convinced them both, it changed them radically, convinced them that there is no political calculus that pits the righteous against the unrighteous and therefore gives permission to the righteous to flatter themselves by focusing on the sins of others. Or, to put it more bluntly, Peter and Paul discovered that we are all a part of the problem, that man's anger does not work God's justice. Or, as St. Paul put it to the Romans, God has consigned all men to disobedience. Why? That he may have mercy upon all. It is this mercy that bound Peter and Paul to Jesus, and so to each other. And if we wish to have true peace, let us today with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, to Jesus Christ, that we too may receive mercy. Just as it did for Peter and Paul, this encounter will change us. It will require us to change. It will require us to renounce, in fact, the kingdom of this world founded as it is on division, on exploitation, and violence. What the early monks discovered in this renunciation is that renouncing the world requires a renunciation of ourselves, of our passions, those distortions of desire that pit me against others, leading to their exploitation for my pleasure or my ease and comfort. In other words, we must seek to follow the examples of Peter and Paul, if not by literal martyrdom, then by death to ourselves in the form of ascetical self-denial. May this important work always be accompanied by and draw life from the peace and joy of knowing the surpassing love of Christ Jesus, who loved us and gave himself for us.